the stats, then you know just where to get them. Keeping you in tune with plays on the field. It's fine's worth the noise. Man, you know the drill. folks welcome or should i say what's up world welcome to another ankle biters podcast where we talk college football from a college fantasy football perspective tis the season to be wrong i am your host tony aka fawnsworth who apparently has no idea what he's talking about given the picks that i made this past week but it's okay. It's all good. You know why? You know why it's all good, America? Because I got my co-host with me, my man, a hundred grand with his hands in the sand. Owens, what's up, man? Man, guess what, man? You went wrong by yourself because I was wrong too. And Listen. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure a lot of other people out there doing what we do, they was wrong too. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely, but I was off, man. I was off. I don't think I've ever been this off before. I've been wrong before lots of times, and I'll be wrong again. But I don't think I've ever been this off. Man, I was way off of the Florida State LSU game. Well, I tried to hold you up a little bit, you know. I know, I know. You made the prediction, but, you know, it happens. It does. It does, and, it you know, it is what it is. I was off on some of my picks, which, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of used to that. Mm-hmm. Doing this for a while, things are just happening, especially in week one. You don't know what's going to happen in week one. So many question marks, there's so many unknowns. But here's the thing about picks, Owens you're never as bad as your worst pick, and you're right. never as good as your best pick. Right. You're always somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the clearer your perspective is on that, the more balanced you'll be the majority of the time. You know, we're not going to pick everything right, right every time and here's the thing this is the thing how balanced are you when it comes to your picks if you are egregiously off the majority of the time then we might have a problem right right with trusting your opinion <laughs> you know what i mean exactly. but other than that man how was your weekend i know you got down in the home league i know you didn't get down like you wanted to but you got down nonetheless you got the dub Right, right. Which is which is always what we're after, man. But we had a wonderful college football weekend to experience, still experiencing it now as we're recording this as Clemson is struggling. Struggling. But how was your weekend, man? In, in, in oh, man, it was, college football. It was it was great, man. It was awesome. I was um, you know, laid up in my in my bed, man, had TV on, had my pad in my hand, had my phone in the other hand, you know, I'm looking at all these different games, man, keeping up with the scores, keeping up with my fantasy scoreboard and players. And, man, I was just all locked in, man, digging in, looking and looking and looking some more. I couldn't stop looking, man, just checking and looking and checking and looking. Looking and checking. And looking and checking. That you was laid up at home? Man, I was laid up, man. I was just in, the, in that tube, man, watching that TV, man. Eyes was glued and watching that pad and that phone. Brother. Having a good time, man, like we do every hour, you know what I'm saying? Like we do on Saturdays, 
bring them right. football, brother. Absolutely. I started a league at my church, and I think a couple of those guys have gotten the itis already. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been in CFF itis, where they were doing exactly what you were doing. Yeah. See, looking and watching and watching and looking. Haven't even been in it long. Just, just got even been just a, a brand new. I mean, a brand new spank, spanking brand new baby. Yeah, and he's <laughs> looking and watching and watching and looking. <laughs> Couldn't stop. <laughs> they got the itis, man. We had a wonderful week, man. Let's let's jump into some of these games. We've got a wonderful episode lined up for you. We've got a lot of things to get to. Owens, mm-hmm. we're going to look at some of these games that we. Uh, some 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 games that stood out to us over the week. Sometimes we forget about the Thursday games and the Friday right, games because we're right. so you know we're so we're so uh, inundated with games on Saturday. Right. But uh, this Friday game in that we have on deck here, this Florida and Utah. This game, of course, I thought it would be more competitive than what it was. Right. Me too. Oh, Sunbelt Billy, Sunbelt Billy. Uh, I think they won his head already. And this run game for Florida was putrid. (laughs) I mean, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculously bad. Uh, Utah looked a lot better in the run game. Of course, not for CFF. We did not like what we saw looking at how they handled their rushing attack from a CFF perspective. No Cam Rising did that affect the rushing attack or how they went about it in game planning. Did it affect anything schematically? Or is this something that we see for the rest of the season with this distribution, man? I mean, everybody's getting some. Michael Bernard with seven carries. DeQuindon Jackson, who was the guy. He's a first-round pick, second-round pick as far as fantasy is concerned. Right. The kid had five carries for 15 yards. You had two quarterbacks in there getting carries. Jalen Glover with four carries. He could have gave them carries back. Uh, just six Ooh, yards. Six yards, brother. He should gain them right back. No, do something with this. I can't do them. We got wide receivers getting carries. Now they. I did, don't like it. No, they did look good in the win, but when you look at the stat sheet, there's nothing here appealing for fantasy. Owens, what you think about this game, man? Nowhere. I mean, I don't know if they. I mean, you can't say like, okay, if they was playing a cupcake team, okay, we just gonna try to you know spread the rock and just. Try out some stuff, you know what I'm saying? You know how they yeah, just, yeah. You know, this this wasn't them that type of game, man. This is Florida. Like you, you want to come in with with your best because you can't play around with Florida because you don't know what Florida gonna do. They a good team. It was Paul, you know what I'm saying? Power five team. Like you can't play around with them. They're not a cupcake team that you can just go in there and just try some stuff with. So what's the deal with this? You know, they like they was trying to uh, uh, go in order. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, yeah. you get two carries, you get three, you get four, you get five, you get six, you get. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, y'all. That's what it looks Wait like. <laughs> it's a ridiculous, man. I don't want no part of that right now, brother. And the thing about it, as we've said this before on this podcast, they had success with it. They did. And That's they the might do it thing. again. That's what I'm saying. They might do it again. <sighs> That's the worst thing for CFF. If it's working, yes. You know the old saying: if it ain't broke, when it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
Dude. <laughs> we, we don't we don't want to hear nothing like that, especially when it's come to sharing the football man with them running especially backs. Especially when this is a team that is historically known for feeding their running back and their running back being a straight, I mean, a fantasy beast. Right. Which just Jaquindon Jackson, and later on in the season for the last, I don't know, three or four games, he looked like he was turning into that. Right. And it just didn't happen. As, as far as in this game, it didn't materialize. Right. Hopefully they get this fixed moving forward. On you have on the show sheet, you got a question about Alabama. I do. I do. Because going into the game, everybody was wondering who was going to be the starting quarterback. And then I think it was like a day before the game started, they named Miro the starting quarterback. I think it was and, a few days before that uh, Nick Saban had right. he, he kind of alluded to it. He was trying not to, but right. through the, the writing was on the wall. Right. And and so it, it was like basically, okay, you go do the starter, but it's going to be based on how you perform if you're going to remain there. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, well, the competition going to continue to, you know, throughout the season, da 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 da, da. Okay. The way Milrow performs Saturday, is it his job moving forward? Did he do enough to solidify his quarterback's position as a starting quarterback for, uh, for Alabama? Or is it still like, okay, if you go in this Texas game and struggle or just do okay and then, and then you know, are we still in the quarterback competition or, or do you think he's just like the guy? Judging based on the production in this game, I think he's the guy. When you throw out five touchdowns, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 13 of 18, 194, of course, this is not a formidable foe. This mm-hmm. is Middle Tennessee, who did beat Miami last year, by the way. Right. 194 yards through the air, three touchdowns, and then on the ground he had another 48 off seven carries and cashed in two touchdowns there. Mm-hmm. He's a phenomenal athlete. Yes. It was never his athleticism. It was never uh, uh, was he able to play P5 football. It was all about what he would look like as a passer. Could mm. he be consistent as a passer? What would he look like in the pocket? I think in this game, he definitely didn't do anything to deter the, uh, the the decision of him being the starting quarterback. I don't think Texas can do, unless he just comes out here himself and just screws it up. But I don't think right. they can make him do it. Right, right. That's what I think. And I heard we'll Saban. We'll get more into Texas and Alabama as a, as a matchup. But as far as him being the guy, I think he is the guy. I do too. I do too. I heard Saban say it at halftime that Nero didn't do anything. It was mainly his offensive line that uh, didn't protect him properly. You know that caused some of those, I guess, drive-ending plays or whatever you want to call it. But he was like, "No, Miro played well. You know, we got to get our offensive line." That she, I guess you'd have to watch the game to see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Show yeah. Up on the statue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I just wanted to ask that question. But yeah, anyway, moving for moving on, man. That's that's what I wanted to ask. Okay, but you got another one, so we're gonna keep just gonna come on with the questions. You got another one, and this is a good one. Yes, it is. Colorado versus TCU. Colorado 
They say you call it upset, whatever you want to say. But do you believe? You know, I heard Prime, you know, saying, you know, these these kids believe, you know, they got these, the fans believe, and, you know, the, the, the commentators believe, you know, he's just saying all that. They believe. I'm on, do you believe? Do you believe? Do I believe? Yeah, do you believe? I believe in this offense. Mm. I don't know how much I believe in this defense <laughs> because they have shown <laughs> last year and this year, in one game this year, they can give it up. They don't mm-hmm. mind getting out the way. <laughs> they don't mind moving out the way <laughs> and letting the opposing offense kind of, you know, keep up with them because this offense is legit. Shador is legit. I was telling a few people that before the season started that this dude is legit. This this is not some uh, – um, this is not some uh, – you know, some situation where this is nepotism and Dion is only starting him just because he's no the dude is he he is incredibly efficient. I right. think we saw that this past week with five hundred and ten yards, four mm. touchdowns. He's 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 a pocket passer. He's very efficient. Right. Uh he doesn't have any trouble processing. Right. He does a good job as far as, you know, what they call quiet feet. So he's not getting out of there too quick, getting out of there too fast. I think he has good pocket presence. Mm-hmm. I think he delivers the ball as, as far as his placement. I think it's incredible. I mean, how else would he be efficient? Because all of these are not dink and dunk passes. Right. Right. All of these are not uh, screen passes and, you know, little passes out in the flat. You know, 38 or 47, I'd take that any day. Yeah. You know, the running game was a little bit. Uh, anemic in this game as far as Colorado was concerned. But, uh, you know, I think uh, they believe if they didn't, they do now. Right. And I think a lot of people around Boulder believes also. They've definitely given you something to believe in so far. Yes. Now, now they get Nebraska this week who's going to try to bloody their nose and try to slow this game down. (laughs) I see you shaking your head. No. No, Nebraska and, and play and play Big Ten football three yards in a cloud of dust. What they was, what they were doing with uh, uh, Minnesota this past week, you know, just kind of in there tussling in the mud. That's what Nebraska is going to want to do in this game. But you know, I don't, I don't think this offense uh, is going to be slowed down by you at know, least not Nebraska. Everything you said about Shadur is 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 correct. But I want to touch on his playmaking ability. The boy can make some plays, man. Like he's his eyes is always down the field. And it seemed like I know, I know in this first game, he always made the right play. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like, yeah, it was yeah. the right one. Like, oh well, wait a minute, dude. You scrambling, you looking, but it was the right play every time. He's like, man, this dude, like. He said, I was just playing for SBC. I mean, uh, what is it, HB, HBCU uh, last yeah. year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. and coming up here, you know, Power 5, that's like, he's playing better now than he was last year. You know, yeah, he had some he had some drops too. He had, he had some of his receivers drop some balls too. So he's right. even more efficient as far as the percentage is concerned. Right. So, yeah, Duke, dude is a playmaker, man. He, he is a baller. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, let's go on down to Norman. We asked the question 
How did the Sooners look overall? Listen, I know it's Arkansas State. This mm-hmm. is a FBS opponent, albeit mm-hmm. G5. Mm-hmm. They've got a ton of transfers in there from P5 schools. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest offensive lines that OU would probably play all year. I think they average like six, four, six, five, three, twenty-three, thirty, something like that. Mm-hmm. The way they looked on offense was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, was absolutely ridiculous. Um, I'll talk more about them in a bit, but uh, Dylan Gabriel looked really good. He can clean some stuff up, as can the whole team. There were some spots. Right. You know, it's hard to find some flaws when you beat somebody 73 to nothing, but there's always something you can change. There's always something you can change, and there's some things he can change. There's some things that um, the defense can change. Uh, I told you about Jaleel Farouk. What did they do? They tried to do keep doing the same thing with him. (laughs) Little trick plays. He was lost in the shuffle. It was all about yeah. Andrew Anthony. Yep. Uh um uh Nick Anderson. Stoops. Stoops and even yeah. um the freshman Petaway. Petaway. In the mm-hmm. second half. Right. Stoops before he got hurt. And of course G Freaky, Gavin Gavin Freeman got him a little bit. A couple right. tight ends got them some. And he was just lost. he was just the guy. Yeah. Was Farouk. He was just the guy. But um they looked awesome to me, man. They're going to get a real good test this week. SMU has a legit offense. They can move the football. Right. I don't think I have any concerns about the offense. The running game looked real good. I know there was nothing eye-popping about the running game, but they kind of, you know, was spreading the ball around a little bit. They did get in the end zone, and they did look good with the opportunities that they had. You didn't have any game-breaking plays in the run game, such as, you know, 30, 40, 50 yarders. Right. Gavin saw Chuck didn't play, so you didn't have that home run hitter. Right. I think the guys that were in the game, other than Hollywood Smothers, are more of your grinded out type backs. The Marcus Majors right. of the world, the Tywee Walkers of the world, even Javante Barnes. Right. Those are more of the in between the tackles, tough yard type of guys. And your heavy hitters, I mean, your, your, your home run hitters, such as Saw Chuck and Smothers. Right. All Chuck didn't play. Smothers got limited action. Uh, I love Caleb Hicks, though, man. I don't yeah. Know. I love Caleb Hicks. I, love <laughs> Caleb. Man, but I think they look good. What you think? I love what I saw, man. I mean, normally, first game, you know, we're we're still screaming at the TV. You know what I'm saying? I, was on, uh, I ain't going to say most of the game, but quite a bit. You know, game one, we still screaming at the two. I didn't I didn't really scream not one time that I can remember watching this game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's an OU fan right there. We don't judge the success of the team by how, but, how much we scream. Well, I mean, you I know like it. you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. We so, we so used to, you know what I'm saying, screaming like, hey man, listen, this is what was it, Tulane? What was the game one? Was it last year, a couple years ago? Couple years ago, Lincoln Riley era. Yes, man. We over there scratching our heads and pulling our hair out, and you know what I'm saying, all kind of stuff, you know. But you know, but the first game to come out like this and then and and, and perform the way they did, and then I like the fact they didn't like just 
pull back and just like, all right, we ain't going to score. Hey, man, we're going to score. Y'all the one got to stop us. I like it. Man. You know, that's something new to us. You know what I mean? We used man. to that being conservative you know we got this 42 to, to nothing we're gonna slow down oh man yeah that was wonderful i love it i love it um what do we got next oh fresno state and purdue mm-hmm. man listen this game right here this was a good game man Fresno uh, was right there the whole time. There was never really any pulling away. Right. You know, they were trading shots, you know, countering each other. Every time one would do something, the other would counter. Mm-hmm. You had that the whole game, and Fresno finally gets him on the ropes in the fourth quarter and delivers the knockout blow. Mikey King was legit in this game. Right. The transfer from UCF, who can be a wonderful waiver wire pickup, 366 Man. yards and four touchdowns. Hudson Card, not bad at all. Running game there, eh, so-so with both teams. The wide receivers showed out. You had Eric Brooks and you had Deion Burks mm-hmm. from uh, Purdue. Eric Brooks from Fresno State. Both of them showing their butts in this game. Mikey mm-hmm. King hitting a plethora of receivers in this game. I mean, everybody can get some in this one. Everybody. I wonder if they maintain this level of offense throughout the season because if you can do this against Purdue coming out of the Mountain West, mm-hmm. a Big Ten opponent like Purdue, you should be able to do this in your conference. Yes. Boise State was the uh, – they were the picture or the face of defense in the Mountain West League. I don't know that to be true now with the way Washington made them look, the way Penix had his way with that vaunted Boise State defense. I understand that's P5-G5, mm. but Boise has shown themselves to be a formidable opponent for many P5 teams. You don't just go in there and run Boise over or whatever they play, neutral side or whatever. And Boise normally puts a, a competitive product out on the field, and you right. don't just kill them. But Mike Penix Jr., man, let yeah. them up. Yes, he did. I mean, Ooh. let them up and i know mikey king's gotta be looking at that thinking dude if they did that to him licking his chops we ain't got nothing to be scared of we ain't got nothing to be scared of what you think about this game owens i was shocked i was i was shocked that first of all it was that close yeah who needs jake haney <laughs> you know, I was I was I was shocked first of all it was that close. I thought Purdue was gonna, you know, handle their business, but you know, to look up and see Fresno State actually winning the game, I was shocked. I was shocked. Um like you said, um oh Keeney, man, he come over there and he looked like Wow, literally, this is this is this is nothing new to me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he was he was okay at UCF. You know, I had him on my team. It was last year, year before. I can't remember. He's back up to plumbing. yeah, he, right. He got hurt and he came in and he kind of started a few games. I said, okay, let me pick this guy up, man. You know, and he was he wasn't too bad, but he wasn't doing this right here though. <laughs> no, he wasn't. You know, <laughs> so I mean, for him, this first game over here. Bruh, like you said, hot waiver wire pickup right there. If you don't have him, bruh. Yeah, you might want to get him lined up. 
Man, want to get him lined up. Absolutely. Man, let's go on down here to the bayou. Let's look at this game against Florida State and LSU, the one that I've completely whiffed on. I mean, I'm thinking about the gift. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. I completely whiffed on this sucker right here, man. I thought it would be the other way around. Florida State, listen, I disrespected you, and you made me pay. LSU, I thought too much of you, and you made me pay. Also, um, your guy, Jordan Travis, is he a legitimate Heisman contender? Oh man, I I I, mean, I can't say no. You know, um, okay. I would say, based off of what he did this past weekend against who he did against, I would say yes, he would be as of now in the conversation. Now, if he keep this up, you know, there's no there's no doubt. But I want to see if he can keep this up. Absolutely, man. He's got the weapons, man, there with uh, Johnny Wilson, big Jolly Green Giant Johnny right there, <laughs> all six, seven of him. And then you got the addition of Keon Coleman from Michigan State who came in right. and lit it up, 9 right. for 122 and three. You right. got Jaheim Bell, the big tight end from South Carolina there. Uh, I know you don't like the way they split these carries <laughs> up between these running backs, man, but again, once these teams see success with this kind of mess, they might keep doing it. They might keep doing it. My eye is on that situation. I'm telling you, I'm looking, and I'm looking, I'm watching, and I'm watching and looking. Because I'm telling you, man, if they keep doing this right here, Trey Benson, brother, you're going to be on that waiver wire. Because like, you can't, yeah. I can't, I can't, you can't, I can't use a guy like, you can't, 12 carries at 47 yards. What am I going to do with that besides lose? Get beat. Do you beat? Yeah. I mean, that's good, man. Anyways, but yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, big big body Johnny Wilson, man. Dude, he dropped too many balls, man. Big body Johnny. Big body Johnny, man. He turned <laughs> he he turned too many balls away, man. I just do hitting him right in his mitts, bro. You cannot. What else do you want to do to put it, man? He put it in that right in your mitts, and you turn him away. Hand it to him. He wanted to run down there and hand it to him. Yeah, he didn't hit me in my numbers. I don't like this pass. You hit me in my hands. I want it in my numbers, man. But Lou, you turning him away. I don't like it. No, that's you know, Cole, Coleman is gonna he gonna be the he gonna be the main dude. Wilson was supposed to be the main dude, but Coleman gonna take over. Big body Johnny, yeah, man, absolutely. Get it together, big body. Listen, you know who else need to get it together? Dave Aranda and the Baylor Bears. <laughs> they need to get it together. How are you going to get beat by a first-year head coach coming up from the FCS? Oh, my god! And, you, and, you, and he's coaching a G5 team that was just a mess last year. I mean, an absolute mess. mess. And you got yes. beat by a quarterback that wasn't even there in the spring. <laughs> He brought this dude in there at the last minute, and you get your tail whooped by Texas State. Texas State, man. They were an absolute mess last year with Jake Spavadol. He made me drop Jaden Ott in our home league, and look at what he did this past week, which I'm not concerned about that because he's going to find a way to jack it up. Spavadol will. He's going to find a way to mess it up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not concerned about that drop at all. But. Owens, this this was embarrassing. 
The Big 12 overall had some games where that was embarrassing. This yes. was one of them. Yes. TCU may not be as embarrassing once we see how Colorado plays for the rest of the year. Right. Oklahoma State, they need their tails whooped too. Texas yes. Tech struggling yes. with Wyoming, Wyoming and then getting beaten double overtime. Ridiculous. Yes. Ridiculous. I yep. mean, I don't even know what to say. But anyways, Baylor, Owens, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State, and whatever, whatever. All of them stink. But how you lose by double digits. Double digits. Double digits against yeah. Texas State. At home. I mean, you, I mean, you was getting your tail whooped in the first half. <laughs> yes, at home. <laughs> at home, getting your tail whooped. The little, the little team, they act like they was Appalachian State boy coming in there. I know, right? <laughs> Playing with you like this. This is Appalachian State. No, it ain't. Yeah. This is Texas State. And they, uh, dude, this Dominique Richardson, man, I think he has taken over for old little bitty Richard Reese. I think it's over for old Richard. I think it is over for Richard. <laughs> I don't think the OC. Really like small backs anyway. He got a big back there in Dominic Richardson. They kept feeding him. He doubled his carries and some. Right. Did Dominic Richardson. Um, so all of you Richard Reese shareholders, you're just gonna have to be mad and just take that L and mm. let him go. I think it's over with. But yeah, this was a shame by Baylor to let this happen. Um, it is a shame. Yeah, the Big Twelve just looking real light right now, looking pretty weak. Right so now. is so is Clemson. I'm sorry. So is Clemson right now. He's getting spanked 28 to 7 by Duke. Duke ain't playing. I told you. I told you. I told you. Uh, let's get to some of the top performances <laughs> of the week. Oh, so you got uh your boy. We just talked about him, man. Shadir Sanders, man. 38 for 47, 510 and four touchdowns, man, against TCU and his counterpart, Dylan Edwards. Six catches for what was it? No, six rushes for 24 yards and a touchdown. Five receptions for 135 yards and three touchdowns. Dylan Edwards, man, the fresher man, showed out. He was spectacular. Man, he showed his butt, man. <clears throat> yes, he did. He didn't need a lot of touches either. He reminds me of Deuce Vaughn when Deuce Vaughn first hit the Big 12. Mm -hmm. We were all wondering what would his workload be like because he was so efficient with such a small workload. Right. He was doing a lot with the little bit they were giving him, and we were all like, can he sustain this type of efficiency and production with such a small workload? I think Dylan Edwards is, will be probably be – because he was highly he was highly rated in, you know, as far as recruiting is concerned. Right. But it was just it's, – it's just his build, small stature and all of that. But, man, if he's going to be doing stuff like this and Sean Lewis is going to be using him like this in this offense, dude. Listen, Dylan mm. Edwards might be very Deuce Vaughn-esque, if you will. You know what I mean? Tyreek Hill-esque, too. That, too. Absolutely. Got some wheel. That boy got some wheels, man. Yes, that boy yes. got some yes. wheels. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. And I like the way they were using him. And yes. Didn't get a whole lot in the run game, but, man, listen, coming out of the backfield like that, the dude is a legitimate threat. Yes. Producing yes. like he did this past week. Who else you got, Owens? 
Oh, Trey Harris, man, from Ole Miss, the wide receiver, six receptions for 133 yards and four touchdowns. Four of them. Jackson Dart, I think he like him. Yeah, he do. He like him a lot. He like him some Trey Harris. At least that's what it looked like in the first game. Yeah. I like that he like him. You like that he like him? I like that he like him. (laughs) I want him to like him. He like him. He hit me. Listen. I'm going to go with um, OU's offense, man. Ridiculous. When you score on your first 11 possessions, mm-hmm. 11 mm-hmm. possessions straight. Mm. You score 11 possessions straight? Straight, yeah. Quarterbacks combined between Dylan Gabriel and my guy, Jackson Arnold, mm-hmm. 30 out of 33 passing attempts. They missed three passes. I like it. Listen, Dylan had a phenomenal day. Yes. He could have had an even better day if he wasn't late on some of his balls. He was late. I know it's a nitpicky. Yes. But he was late. He was. He's got to get used to Andrew Anthony's speed because he had his man beat two or three times and he delivered it late and the guy caught up. And Mm -hmm. granted, Mm -hmm. we did get some pass interference calls. Mm-hmm. But if you put that ball out there when it's supposed to go, that's the touchdown, Dylan. Touchdown, right. DG, get it together. Now, Jackson Arnold. <laughs> you right there waiting. <laughs> you right there. You right there waiting. I'm telling you, Dylan Gabriel, I'm telling you. Listen to listen to Owens, Gabriel. Listen to Owens. You keep messing. You, I mean, you looked that right. That was against a little small team, little Arkansas State. If yeah, get, man, those underthrows. Listen, a good corner is going to pick that off. A good corner is going. Yes, I'm telling you, keep doing it. Arnold going to be right. To Arnold going to step in. I'm telling you, Arnold is that dude. I keep telling everybody, Jackson yeah. Arnold is that dude. When he get, if he get an opportunity to start the game, he's not going to look back. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. I concur, sir. Absolutely. But yeah, this offense was phenomenal Saturday. Michael Penix Jr. owns 29 of 40, 450 yards and five touchdowns. Ridiculous. This Boise State defense was supposed to be legit. Supposed to be for real scary. He made them look like little kids. Yep. He made them look like clowns. (laughs) I'm talking He threw a touchdown to, what is it, five different people, I Mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. I mean, just ridiculous, dude. Or maybe four different people. Maybe he threw two to Jalen McMillan. I mean, just carving them up. He just, you know, you know how you get in the huddle today, man. What y'all want to do? What y'all want to do next? Yes. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Run to this, Mark. I'm going to do it to you. Yeah. <laughs> Backyard oh, football, man. Backyard football. Backyard football. He lit them up like a freaking Christmas tree. I thought that they would oppose some type of a, some type of res, uh, resistance. They just weren't able to, man. I don't know if he's more comfortable. He's very familiar with his office. This is not the first time he's been associated with his head coach. He had him as offensive coordinator, I believe, at Indiana also. Right. But. He's, I guess he's fully healthy because, you know, he's had problems with injuries mm-hmm. in his career. Mm-hmm. But, man, he looked incredible Saturday carving up the Boise State offense. 
Owens, my last one, I'm going to go with Chez Malusi. Of course, you can go with either he or Braylon Allen, man. But Malu- we expect that out of Braylon Allen to do what he did. We don't expect right. catches, seven right. catches. <laughs> but Phil Longo's offense has shown us uh, that he can implement a system that is uh, – it, it, it is it is productive enough to employ two fantasy-relevant running backs. We saw this at North Carolina with Javante Williams and Michael Carter. Mm-hmm. And both of them were pass catchers, and both of them would just, I mean, get down in all kinds of ways. Right. And you see that. I understand that this is Buffalo. But mm-hmm. this is very encouraging, man. If you are a Ches, uh, uh, Braylon Allen owner, not right. many Ches Malusi owners, but 13 for 157 and two. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. I will too. I'll take that. I was expecting him to be more effective in the passing game rather than Braylon Allen. And we see Braylon Allen with the seven catches. Right. For 25 yards. Right. Man, if they're going to be playing like this, they probably had to with Tanner Mordecai stinking the way he did. <laughs> he's, very, he's very efficient as far as completion percentage, but you got to stop with the turnovers, man. After he threw that second pick, he probably, hey, man, that's enough. And that ball. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, man. Your day over. You had that ball. Oh. <laughs> he had 31 attempts in this game, so Ooh. they were trying to do something. Only 81, uh, 189 yards out of the 31 attempts, though. He, he stopped. <laughs> that's ridiculous. We don't want that. But those are my top performances of the week. Owens, if we got top performances, we've got um, bust. Yeah. You got guys that didn't show up like we thought they would. Who are those guys for you, man? I got to go with Ohio State's Kyle McCord, man. Mm -hmm. 20 for 33, 239 passing yards, no touchdowns. That offense did not look even close, not even a third of what they was last year. It was, I'm looking at them like, this is terrible. You know what I mean? Like, it was like everything was check downs or something, or or, or like, like quick outs. Uh, I mean, I know Marvin Harrison. I know he was he was frustrated. Because I'm saying to myself, I'm saying to myself, I know he wide open. Because, you know, he, he that boy can get open. I, I'm saying to myself, he McCord drop back. I know Harris is open. I know he is. But he, I don't know, he wasn't looking for him as much. Or I don't know. It was pitiful. It was pitiful. And the offense struggled. The running game struggled. You know, Mike Williams came in. I mean, he got a couple short touchdown uh, runs. But. Henderson couldn't find no room and train him. I mean, he did a few things when he uh, uh, jumped to the outside. But, I mean, it was just the offense, the Ohio State offense, high-flying, high-scoring offense that we used to seeing. Bro, they struggled against Indiana. I mean, 23 points. That's a struggle to me. That's Because that's, yeah. a, that's a fantasy goal offense. I mean, you, don't, you don't expect that. So, Brown come in. I mean, one for three for negative two yards. I mean, that's like – I mean – I thought he they would pull him quick. They pulled him quick. I thought he would have get more playing time, but I mean, because McCoy wasn't doing all that great to, to, to play that much of the game. So 
I don't I don't know what's going on down there, but yeah. Uh, anyway, Kyle McCord, he's a bust for me. And then um your boy, man, what's his name? LaDamian Webb. <laughs> nine, nine carries for 40 yards and a fumble. <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> what is going on, Webb? <laughs> you the man, you the starter, man. What is going on, man? <laughs> That's another game I was wrong about. Michael Pratt shut me up quick. Man. He lit out he lit South Alabama up. But yeah, go ahead, Webb. Yeah, Webb is Webb. Yeah, I mean, I can go across the street, you know, to to uh, Clayton too. Because I mean, in the same game, Clayton, bro, you was supposed to be the man. How you gonna get? What he had one carry? <laughs> Come on, that's coming. But it might not be there. But it's coaching, man. I mean, at the same time, so I. Yeah. Anyway, that's gonna come here in a minute. We're gonna we're gonna touch a little bit more about that in a minute. But anyways. Aiden Robbins for me, Doc. BYU was in a dog fight with Sam Houston State. Mm-hmm. They scored in the first quarter and didn't score again until the fourth quarter. Beat them 14 nothing. So it's <laughs> not like they was running away with this game. Aiden Robbins had seven carries for 23 yards. He needed his tail whooped. Mm. Seven mm-hmm. carries for 23 yards. I think his time is up. <laughs> because you had the freshman, L.J. Martin, Double his carries and was way more productive on the ground. 16 carries for 91 yards. Keaton Slovis is getting rushing touchdowns now. I don't know where this came from. Mm. But he's getting rushing touchdowns now. I guess Sam Houston State has a good defense, but still. Seven carries for 23. You come in here, A-Train. The the man and Right. Right. I think this is, this. listen, man. You, I know, I, I understand people have been invested quite a bit in him because of the situation, mm-hmm. combination of size, maybe even a little bit of speed. Mm-hmm. Couple that with the system and the conference, and you're thinking, yeah, it, it, it Owens, it should have been him with the 16 carries and 91 yards instead of the freshman L.J. Martin, but it, that wasn't the case, right? Uh, but yeah, don't like that. Jaquindon Jackson, we talked a little bit about that already. Mm. Just very, very disappointing. A very disappointing outing. He is a top first, second, third round pick. And for him to come out and do that, and I know it's not his fault that he only got what he got. That they're spreading the ball, doing all of what they're doing, Mm -hmm. getting the quarterbacks. You know what I mean? They're playing Florida. Let's see what works. This works. Okay, let's keep going. But BYU, you're playing Sam Houston State. Right. Or Sam Houston, whoever it is. Very different situation. Right. Completely different scenario. You shouldn't have Aiden Robbins just starting running back with seven carries for 23 yards. I don't like that, and I don't like how Jaquinnon Jackson was being used in this game against Florida. Owens, enough of that. Games we're looking forward to in week two. Owens, who you got? I got Bama in Texas. Um, <clears throat> last year, you know, everybody's saying that Texas probably would have won if Ewers hadn't got hurt, this and that, this and that. Now, that's probably one of Ewers' better games that I've seen him play. It was all last year. Oh, you and I would, 
<clears throat> well, yeah, OU game. <laughs> and, and and I would probably have to agree, you know, if, if Ewers hadn't got hurt, you know, it, it may have been a different outcome. But what is it going to look like this year? Because it's, it's completely different. Everybody's saying, oh, Texas is loaded on both sides of the ball and oh, this and that, man. But what I've seen this past weekend, man, Rice had them struggling for a half. You know, I'm looking over there, and it's what 10 to 10 to 3 for the longest, 13 to 3 for a long time. I mean, what is Rice doing to Texas over here? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like, what are they doing? This is Rice. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be uh 42 to 0 at halftime. But this 13 to 3 for a long time. Finally, they start, you know, they opened up did a little bit, you know, but this is a different Alabama team, um, you know, not as explosive as, you know, we normally see. You know, you got the quarterback, you know, just now breaking in, you know, um, in Miro. Uh, the run game is there, you know what I'm saying, McClellan. I mean, he's 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 the man. He's He looked pretty good. But I'm interested to see, man, how Miro is going to perform in this game. You know, against a a better defense, uh, so to speak. So we're gonna see. We're gonna find out. Um, Cincinnati and Pitt. It's another one I want to see. You know, um, your guy. <laughs> What's his name? Oh Emory my Jones? God, Emory Jones. Showed his. He showed his behind his this past weekend, boy. Yes, he did. And 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 so I want to see, you know, like okay, we know it was against that, you know, that little team, but I want to see if 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 you can perform that same way against a good Pittsburgh defense. I just want to see that. We will see. We will see, no doubt. <clears throat> Owens, I got Colorado and Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Everything is jumping right now in Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> Listen. This game is going to be in Boulder. You can imagine the hype around this game in Boulder. You can imagine the expectation, the uh, the 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 atmosphere, the aura, mm-hmm. everything that that <laughs> that you can think of is going to be geared toward and focused on this game because of what just happened this past week. Nebraska's coming in there mad. They just got beat by Minnesota. Mm-hmm. DJ Fleck out there rowing the boat on them. And they're mad. They're coming in here with this, this, this. I don't even know what they got. <laughs> I don't even know if they have an identity. Do they even have an identity? For real. I know they got Jeff Sims, who, who was a walking turnover machine. Yes. Um, Colorado will let them score, though. They will let them score. <laughs> they are professionals when yeah. it comes to getting out the way. They will find a way. If you don't know how to score, Colorado will they will find a way to let you score. Nebraska seems like they don't know how to score yet. They're gonna find some points in this game. They will find some points. They're getting some some kind of way. Yeah, some kind of way. You're gonna find some against Colorado. Colorado's gonna score a lot too. Um man, it's 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 gonna be crazy. This atmosphere is gonna be crazy. Uh 
I think Nebraska gets beat down in this game. Yes. But I'm looking forward to it because I want to see the encore. I want to see can they sustain or to the level of uh, – to what level can they sustain mm-hmm. how they played on offense this past week. I want to see Shador. What mm-hmm. does he do uh, with a different style of team? Mm-hmm. Nebraska completely different stylistically mm-hmm. from TCU. Mm-hmm. How do they handle that? Completely different. Built. I mean, they're built different. Right. They're much bigger. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In the trenches, they mm-hmm. you know they want to bloody your nose. Mm-hmm. And if they do somehow kind of make it rough, make it muddy. How how would Colorado respond? How does Shador respond? I think he responds well. But does the other players respond well? Because he's got some weapons, but how do they respond? Mm. Can he count on them to respond with whatever Nebraska is going to bring in there this week? That's one of the games I want to see. And I also want to see Ole Miss and Tulane. Right. Tulane, uh, they're getting the reputation kind of like Appy State. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh we, we, We beat P5 teams. Right. Right. They had OU beat a couple years ago. They beat USC last year mm-hmm. in the bowl game. We beat P5 teams. Right. You can't take us lightly. With Jackson Dart, with what he just did against this team, him feeling himself, getting in a groove, seems like he's got some rapport with your guy Trey Harris out there. The offense, Lane Kiffin's always good for some offense. They've mm-hmm. got Quinshawn Jukins, of course. They've got weapons. Michael Pratt's looking good for Tulane. This is going to be a good game, man. This is going to be a good game. So this is what I'm looking for, Ole Miss and Tulane. We've got listener questions next, but I don't know if I want to get into this now or save it to the end and get straight into our CFF content. I wonder what you think, man. Corn flip. It's on you. Oh, live. man. It's on you. Live. Yeah. Live. Yeah, that's – um. Well, I mean, we can we can we can get into the CFF content, you know what I'm saying, first, and you get the questions later. Let's you know. do it. We're gonna get into our CFF content. That is the start and sit, the waiver wire ads and the drops, if not drops, at least ice. What players are you putting on ice? I know it's week one. You may say, I don't feel right dropping the guy yet. I wanna wait. Owens may not wanna wait. He may say, I'm shooting you deuces. I'm done. Whatever. Go do what you do. I don't allow that kind of play over here. So that's what we're going to get into here. And after that, we'll get into the Iowa segment and we'll get into the listener questions. So, Owens, who are we starting in week two? We got a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and a tight end. Both start and sit. Who you got at quarterback? Man, the quarterback, I'm going with Braden Shager, man, from Hawaii. Bro, I still can't believe this guy's only 21% owned or 21% rostered. First two first two games, man, first two weeks, man, the guy's thrown over 700 yards and six touchdowns. Come on, man. Like, what do you got to do, you know, to be rostered? In, in CFF, come on, guys. This is 37 fantasy points game one, week one. 41 fantasy points last week and guess who we got next week albany come on man 
he gonna chunk that ball again for another 50 times mm. and probably come out there with another 300 something 400 something yards and three or four touchdowns starting Braden Shager from Hawaii I like it give me DJU yes the same DJU from Clemson last year who you wouldn't start against a team like Albany <laughs> but this year's DJU under a new system new head coach new atmosphere he's on a completely different coast of the country against San Jose State who's not a bad team he lit their fire 20 for 25 239 yards three touchdowns had another two touchdowns on the ground he's getting UC Davis this week owns I like DJU big DJU who is only 38% roster something like that so he's a he's available in over half of fan tracks leagues around the country if you need a quarterback you're in, in those two quarterback leagues three quarterback leagues this is a good matchup I think you should strongly consider I like DJU against UC Davis I want you got a running back I know you do I do. I got Jawar Jordan, the guy you just turned loose, man. Dropped his butt. From Louisville. I got him, man. I like him against Murray, man. I like him this week, man. Um, I know you don't like him because the way they use him or whatever. You got some speed. I think um I think in this game, I think he'll do a little bit better than he did last week. Um, just because it's Murray. He probably gonna get, you know, maybe at least a couple touchdowns, you know, maybe 100 yards and a couple touchdowns. But I like Jawar Jordan this week versus Murray. No doubt. I did like him. I just don't <laughs> like the way he was used last week, man. I just can't <laughs> wait on that. Uh-huh. I just can't. Man, I'm going all the way to Massachusetts. UMass. Mm-hmm. Let me get K-Ron Adams, man. K-Ron Adams. In this offense, I think this offensive coordinator does not mind one iota feeding his number one running back. This is what you want, Owens. This is what you want to see. Yes, sir. This is what we play college fantasy football for, the consistency. Yes, sir. Offensive coordinators we can depend on to get us W's. Yeah, 14 carries and 101 yards against Auburn. Yes, SEC Auburn. Right. It's Miami of Ohio this week just got ran all over by three running backs from Miami Hurricane. <laughs> three of them got some. Three of them got some, man. And I think K-Ron Adams, I think he's going to do his thing this week against Miami of Ohio. Listen, if you got one of those expanded rosters and you're in one of those leagues or you're in one of those leagues where there's, there's 20 teams and 30 teams, K-Ron Adams, I'm telling you, I think yes, he's a wonderful pickup. Only 4% on. Yes, sir. 4%. I'm one of the four. You. Man, listen. <laughs> you got to get you some of K-Ron. Yes, this sir. He gets Miami of Ohio. Owens. Ooh, let me let me butcher this dude's name. Wide receiver. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Pofili Ashlock? I think it's Pofile, I think. Whatever, Pofile, whatever. Ashlock. Yes. I got your quarterback earlier. I got you now. This guy's been tearing it up out there at Hawaii, man. Week one, 
nine targets, seven catches for 127 yards and a touchdown. Last week, 12 targets, eight receptions, 114 and two. The guy has been showing out. I think Shager's going to continue to look his way, going to continue to get him to rock and continue to throw him touchdowns. They got Albany this week. Ashlock, I look for you to score a couple more touchdowns this coming week. That's what's up. I'm going to have to grab a guy with an easier name. Jamal. <laughs> Jamal Bell. Oh, my god. Jamal Bell, wide receiver out of Nevada. Listen, he gave USC all they wanted. Eight catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Ten targets in the game. Nevada gets Idaho this week. Idaho. He is by far and away the number one wide receiver. At least it looks to be that way in this game against USC. I don't see why they don't continue that. He was the only one that performed against mm-hmm. USC. I like his build uh, as far as, you know, one of those little jitterbug scatback type slot wide receivers, 5'10", 171. I think that's easier for quarterbacks like, who's it, Brandon Lewis? Mm-hmm. Uh, quarterback from transfer from uh, Colorado, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got him over there. I think it's easier for the quarterbacks that have trouble processing. I think those ones that are closer to them, to the middle of the field, they're in the slot and right. closer to the line of scrimmage because they're running the little crossing patterns and the quick slants. and mm-hmm. They're easier for the uh, quarterbacks who have trouble with processing. So, I like him. I like Jamal Bell against Idaho. Tight end, sir. Ben Snot. Yay. K-State. From Kansas State. War. PPR League, man, this dude. He, I mean, five receptions for 100 yards. That's beautiful. I mean, seven targets. I mean, for a tight end, that's beautiful. You know, they got Troy this week. I know. Uh but listen, I think I think um Sanat, I believe he's gonna perform again this week. Um I don't I'm not I'm not a big tight end guy. I need to be because we got that that tight end premium in our league. Yeah, and, and, and about that a little bit too. Yeah, man. It's got me looking at these boys a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Them, them five catches for hundred yards, that's twenty-five fantasy points in our league. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, got me looking over there a little bit, man. I'm going to have to tap into that a little bit. But anyway, I got Ben Sinat this week versus Troy. That's a good one. You need to tap into it. I'm going to give you one that uh, a lot of people done tapped into. This is easy. <laughs> Benjamin Eurosec. Mm-hmm. We're talking about tight end premium. The boy had 41 points in our league. Because he had nine catches for 131 yards and a touchdown. I don't know if Joshua, shout out to Joshua Chevalier, who has him in our home league. I don't know if he had him in the game. Did he have him in the game? No. No. And he's about to lose. He's going to lose. I know he's kicking himself because he would be winning if he had him in the game. Yep. Man, coaching, that's what we call coaching. What is coaching? (laughs) Decision making. Yes, sir. That's coaching, man. Joshua, man. You can't let coaching beat you. <laughs> coaching against you. Shout out to Joshua again. Shout yeah, out. Yeah, man. Him. Benjamin Yurasek, I think he is 
highly used in this offense with this new uh, this new uh, coach, this new coaching staff, the system that he's bringing over from the FCS highly favors the tight end. And he had 11 targets in this game against Hawaii. Caught nine of those 11 for 138 and a touchdown. Even if you don't have a tight end premium, that's a solid day, especially for a tight end. And if that's a PPR league, that's nine catches. That's nine free points. Right. I don't think you should be getting that, but... Shout out to all the PPR lovers, but that's who I got at tight end. Owens, if you got to start, you got to sit somebody. You got to, you know, somebody's got to warm that high, mm-hmm. warm that bench, but you got warming the bench at quarterback. I'm going to roll with Tyler Shook from Texas Tech. You know, he didn't play bad. He actually had a real good game last week against Wyoming. Uh, 31 for 47, 338, and three touchdowns with a pick. Um... But he's got Oregon this week. And, you know, against Wyoming, I thought he was going to do a little bit better than what he did. I mean, like I said, I I take 41 fantasy points all day long, but that's Wyoming. But I don't think he's going to do that against Oregon. So guess what? Tyler Shook, you're going to come over and sit by coach this week. Sitting down. Sitting him down. Listen, this guy, I got this. This guy was 19 of 23, 345 yards, five touchdowns, had another two touchdowns on the ground, seven total touchdowns, Owens. Mm. That was against Eastern Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati's Emory Jones against Eastern Kentucky. Listen, no more little sisters of the poor. No more East Handkerchief State. That you're playing this week. You're going to pit. Pat Narduzzi likes to run the ball and play defense. I think the Emory Jones of Arizona State and Florida shows up in this game. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's anywhere near these stats <laughs> right here. That game right there got a lot of people excited. Yes. They're going to start him, man. He's in a system that favors his skill set. Mm-hmm. I still think he can shut down this one. I don't like this matchup. I agree. I'm sitting Emory Jones. You got to run it. Man, I'm going with LJ Johnson from SMU. I mean, mm-hmm. he got he got, he got down a little bit against Louisiana Tech last, last week. 14 carries for 128 and a touchdown. You know what, man? I mean, we we talk about you know our Sooners, man. You know, I mean, we seen some stuff, man. But they may give up some you know passing yards here and there, man. But the boys is pretty pretty stout against that run, man. Pretty stout against that run. I think right now they got Oklahoma ranked sixteenth uh, against the run. So um, I think L.J. Johnson, Jalen Knighton, all y'all over there. I will sit that whole SMU backfield this week. Against Oklahoma, but LJ Johnson, you one of them. You the main one. You sitting down this week. <laughs> <laughs> you feeling too good about what you did last week. You sitting down. <laughs> the main one. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna go with what was thought to be the main guy on his team, but was it Ladamian Webb? Mm-hmm. Is playing. Uh. 
South Alabama this week. It looks good, man. It just looks good to start him. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. The way he was used this past week, Kentrell Bullock had more carries than him. 12 carries, he didn't do anything with him, but he still had 12 carries. So Damian Webb fumbling and all, I don't know if he's hurt. I mean, the dude is almost Mr. Glass mm-hmm. because he gets hurt a lot. <laughs> he gets hurt a lot. I just don't, I think you pull back and wait until you see what they are going to do with him. If they're willing to give him running back one uh, treatment, I think I think I think you need to wait to see that. Right. I don't think you need to assume that he's going. I mean, because there's there's a lot of people that started him this week, and they were highly disappointed. He probably got him beat. Yes. I think you need to wait and see how they're going to use him. I want I want I want to see it before I, before I take a chance and put him in the game. Owens, I want to see it first. Oh yeah, which and if and if and if there's a week that we would see it, it'll be this week. Yes, but I need to see it. So I got to sit the Damian Webb. Neither one of us. Well, okay, wide receiver Owens. You got a wide receiver? Yes, you do. go ahead, sir. Yes, I'm going with Jaden Greathouse from Notre Dame. No, the 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 highly you know talented freshman come out there, man. The guy's been he been doing his thing, man. I mean, like he's a, a, a favorite target, and I mean, he's making some plays, running some routes. You know what I'm saying? He didn't do that well last week, but week one he did three catches for 68 yards and two touchdowns against Navy. That's not too bad, you know. Um, looks like he's the the main guy, but I mean, this week he's got NC State. According to the uh, uh, fan tracks, they number three again against the pass. So, uh, great house. Guess what, man? I'm saying no to you this week. I got to find another option, buddy. Oh, shoot. Listen, I'm going to go with Deion Burks, man. Just showed his behind. I mean, showed his butt. Mm-hmm. Four catches, 152 yards, and two touchdowns. Trying to keep up with Fresno State, but you get Virginia Tech. And you're going to Blacksburg, baby. Mm. You're about to experience into the Sandman mm. down there. Virginia Tech guys, they always have athletes. They do. Especially on defense. And especially in the secondary. They always seem to have a decent secondary. Um, I like this system. Pearl Graham is what you call it. The offensive coordinator <laughs> at Purdue. But I just don't think Deion Burks is going to cut it this week against Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. Right. I don't like this matchup for him. Um, so, despite the massive productive day, the massive productive outing of one Deion Burks, I got to sit him this week, man, against Virginia Tech. I know it looks tasty, but I don't – I just – I don't like the style. Mm-hmm. I just don't like it. I don't think it's a good fit as far as what you're looking for. Uh, in regards to CFF, I don't like it. I got to sit the umber. We don't have a tight end. None of that stuff. Because you don't have to sit a tight end. You can play whoever you got. Because if you got a tight end, if you got one, I'm assuming he's good. Right. But you wouldn't even have it. Because there's not like... You're holding tight ends, just waiting on somebody. 
So if you have one, it's because he's good. <laughs> That's just what it is. So we're going to move right along the hot wave of wire ads and drops. Owens, who you adding this week? Uh, I'm adding your boy. I hate to say it because you got him. You beat me to him already. I don't like it one bit. Anyways, Jalen Buckley, the running back, the freshman running back from Western Michigan Broncos. They gave this boy 30 carries, 194 <laughs> yards, and a touchdown. Come on, man. That's what you like to see. Ah, I was trying to get to him, man. I was trying my best to get to him. You was ahead of me on the way, where I can't stand it. Anyway, Jalen Buckley, man, he's a hot, he's going to be hot, hot, hot on that waiver wire. Yeah, if he wasn't already. Yes. Listen, I want to, we're going to cross-pollinate here. I'm going to do, I'm going to go with your guy, Victor Rosa. Yes, sir. Uh, I thought Devontae Houston would do more than what he did. I know when he, he was the guy ahead of Victor Rosa last year, but when he went down, Victor Rosa stepped up and was like, nah, I think I got him. Yeah. Came in, he came into this year, I thought, okay, they got him third on the depth chart. That's interesting. Devontae Houston was first. Brian Bruton was second. Victor Rosa was third. Mm-hmm. But the guy got on the field and just produced points. Yes, he did. I, I mean, I saw the guy. I was kind of, I was, I was watching the game. And I thought he was just like a bigger back power back that they gave to inside the five, inside the ten. Right. This dude had a run in that game where he broke a 71-yarder. Yeah. 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 I said, whoa. He's not just a short yardage back. This dude got speed. He got speed. Right. 5'11", 205. I thought he was, you know, because that's how they kind of used him last year. Mm-hmm. Devontae Houston was the speedster, much smaller back. This guy's got some speed. Nine carries for 99 yards, two touchdowns against NC State. NC State is not a pushover on defense. Right, right. He gets Georgia State this week, who just gave up points to that little bitty team they were playing. <laughs> They're going to give up some points to UConn, and I think Rose is going to be a big part of it. I think he's going to stick his nose all in Georgia State's business. Yes, sir. I'm starting Victor Rosa. Well, not starting. I'm adding Victor Rosa. Yes. I'm adding him. Owens, you want to drop somebody. You always want to drop somebody. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want to drop, man? What do you want to drop? I want to drop Ethan Garbers, man, quarterback for UCLA, man. Yes. You started a game. I mean, you was 10 for 17, but for 121 yards. One touchdown and two picks against Coastal Carolina. Come on, man. You got to do better than this. As a matter of fact, I think Dante Moore. Dante Moore was right there waiting on you. It's over. It's over. He come in and outperform you. You can kiss your job goodbye. So guess what? Wave a wire bound. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> this guy I already mentioned him, and I mentioned 
what a disappointment he was. You may say, well, I don't want to drop him. Okay, we'll put him on ice. Aiden Robbins. Mm. I think it's over with. I think his time is up. I think he has punched his clock. Or, <laughs> let me say it like this. LJ Martin has punched his clock for him. Mm. With, I mean, with the carry distribution and the production, it's not like they gave LJ Martin 16 carries and he sucked. Mm-hmm. He produced. And the offensive coordinator has already been raving about LJ Martin. I think it's only a matter of time till you see one of those. Last year we had in Oregon State, Damian Martinez and man, I'm forgetting the guy's name from South Carolina. Fenwick, Sean Fenwick. Fenwick started out the man. Mm-hmm. And slowly but surely, your guy, Damian Martinez, started taking over. And by, what was it, midway through the year, it was over with. Mm-hmm. It was over with. No question who the starter was. No question who would get the bulk of the carries. I think he ran off with some of... Uh, I don't know, five or six straight 100-yard games did uh, Damian Martinez. Mm-hmm. Comes in this year, no question, he's the man. I think you get that same scenario here with Aiden Robbins and L.J. Martin. I think it's only a matter of time. I think right. his, uh, what'd you say? Uh, I forgot to say. But, uh, well, yeah, here, here it is. His days are numbered. <laughs> I, I, think, I, think, I think his days are numbered. And I think it started this past week. I don't know when it'll be official, but I know that it will be official. Just don't know when. Don't know when. So if you don't want to drop him, put him on ice. Right. Uh, that will be Aiden Roberts. That is it for that. Owens, we have come to the fan favorite of the show. This is where we get the opportunity to blow some steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, to clear our minds, some things that have frustrated us this past weekend. We call this the I Wish segment where we would uh, blow some steam and just kind of go through a whole discourse, a triad, if you if you will, of, of just, uh, just, just, just getting things off of our mind. Um. I'm ready to blow some steam, Owens. Are you? Are you uh, ready to blow some steam? Diatribe is what I was trying to say, not triad. Yeah, I'm, I'm going a whole diatribe. I'm ready to go on a whole diatribe about some things. I know you want some things uh, off your chest. Yeah, I'm frustrated, man. I'm frustrated. I know I can see it in your face. Uh, those who you are, uh, who are only you only have audio access to this. You can't see his face, but um, if frustration was a person, I'm looking at. It. Mm. I'm going to let him, you know, give him a chance to kind of let some hot air out of that balloon right there. This is called the I Wish segment. I wish, I wish, let me tell y'all what I wish. I wish these coaches stop playing around, sharing this rock 
with this different running backs. I mean, they want to give them to multiple running backs. I'm tired of it. Like, listen, Utah, Florida State, Tulane. Uh, I, I can go on Central Michigan. I can I can I can name some. I mean, I can I can keep going Oklahoma State. I mean, listen. Let me tell y'all what y'all should do. All the running backs that I got on my team, I need y'all to give them at least 20 to 30 carries a game. The running backs that I got, y'all hear that? All the running backs on my team. Y'all need to check with him. Check with me, and I tell y'all who they are. And, I, and y'all give them 20 to 30 carries a game. I'm tired of all this shit. You know how Trey, on, on Boys in the Hood, Trey walked in the door. I'm tired of this. You start swinging this right there. That's how I feel. I'm tired of this. Sick of it. Sick of it. Pick a starting running back. Get a dude 20 to 30 carries. Or 20, car- 20 carries. Whatever. Then let the other running back come in. Give him 10, 12, whatever. But pick a guy and run with the main dude. I'm tired of all this shit. Sick of it. <laughs> there it is. There is that. Guys, I'm going to go with. I wish we had transfer portal waivers. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, transfer portal waivers? This is what I wish. I wish whoever's in charge, whoever that is, because the NCAA has shown themselves to be irrelevant and inconsistent. We need to implement some type of clause, Owens, that, that, mm-hmm. that I'm, just, I'm just calling it the transfer portal waiver because every player transferring, this is what I think, mm-hmm. this is my proposal. Every player transferring or any player that has signed a letter of intent, mm-hmm. you must sign a waiver that says you will not place your name into the transfer portal or anything on the field related. Mm-hmm. You want to go back home? Cool. Somebody's sick? Cool. You want to be closer to family members? Cool. If it's on the field related, you're not getting any playing time, you're not starting you got to sign this waiver that says you can't put your name into this transfer portal for the whole year. Mm. I mean, I mean if, 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 if you're not starting or you're not getting the time that you want, here's the deal. It's apparent that some of these coaches are making decisions based on transfer portal. We talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like the portal has become the infamous boogie man, like it's lurking and looming in the background and ready to strike as soon as an unfavorable decision has come down. You're mm-hmm. not starting. You're not playing. Here comes the transfer portal. I'm going to hold this over your head. Again, the waiver wire would state that you can't enter the portal until the season is over. Mm-hmm. Only I think by this, we'll get the best CFF experience. Right. I think we'll dispel a lot of the lies. Yeah. This guy, oh man, it's so close and it's such a close uh, uh, quarterback right You're lying. <laughs> it's not close. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> you just don't want him to transfer. Yep. Oh, we're going to be a committee. You're lying. You're lying. 
You're not gonna be a committee. Nope. Just tell the truth up front. And I think the transfer portal has a lot to do with why these coaches dance around these questions and how they, you know, they they, they shade the truth and mm-hmm. give you slanted information and they they're just not forthcoming, they're just not completely honest, you know, they, 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 they're they tricky, man, that they are. Right. Well, I gave you the depth chart, but you knew good and well that the person that was at the top of that depth chart was not going to get the bulk of the carries. Nope. And so when we say who's the starter, you know what we mean. You know what we mean. Who's going to be highlighted at this position? That's what we mean. Because those coaches are slick now, man. They'll run that guy out there, and he'll play the first series, and they'll throw the ball three times in a row. Yep. And they will not hand that ball off to the running back, and he'll say, well, I told you he was going to start. He did. He did start. <laughs> you threw the ball three times and yep. ran him over there on the sideline, and he didn't get back in no more until late in the second quarter. Yep. <laughs> you was working some other dude out there. You knew you were going to do that. I just, dude, I just, Owens, I don't understand that. I mean, here's what I think. Here's what I think. Let me go on a little, give you some discourse right here. Mm-hmm. I think that we're going to see, and I, and I hate this too. Owens, I think we're going to see more and more of the dreaded running back by committee. Uh... I think we're going to see, I do. Because durability is a huge factor in regards to running back's value. Um, What can we do to circumvent this, albeit a slow devaluing, a slow decline? Because we're seeing more and more teams incorporate a multiplicity of running backs. You're right. You're not seeing, like, like, like years ago, we had a lot of bell cows. Yes. Look at Minnesota this past week. Minnesota under P.J. Fleck was known to be a bell cow team. Yep. Look at what they look like. Utah, bell cow team. Look at what they look like. I think you're seeing more and more of this junk. You know You know what's the cause of that? I think it's what what, what what it's it's what you're talking about the transfer portal because you have you have guys who were okay say you the man and then you have a good running back transfer into that same system right with that guy he's good he's starting whatever he's a fantasy relevant running back got another good guy transferring from a power five school down to a G five school he in there he messing with him oh I got two good running backs. I need to share this ball. Come in there and mess man, it all up. Come on, man. You should have stayed where you was at. Like, you know what I'm saying? So these coaches, now they got all these, they got multiple backs that could be the guy. So they're like, you know what? This is a good for us because now we can keep them fresh. Mm-hmm. So I'm share this ball. Come Georgia? On. Yeah. Ohio State now? Yep. Dude, listen. Think about the tight ends in our home league. What we've done, and and so many other leagues too, not just us, but so many other leagues. What we've done with the tight end premium is we've we've made them more relevant. Just as 
relevant as um, all the other positions. Mm-hmm. And not so much as just made them more relevant, but made more of them relevant. Right. So instead of you having that one, two, three, and four, you've got 20 now mm-hmm. because of the tight end premium makes them more relevant. The premium feature increases the options. Right. And so, again, whereas you would have a Brock Bowers, a Benjamin Urasek, and maybe a right. Conyers, and that would be it. Right. But now because of the premium, it expands the player pool and the value of tight ends increase. The, the more of them have value now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're relevant on a week-to-week basis. And so the premium, the premium just affords more consistency, but it doesn't, the way we've done it and the way others do it in their leagues, it doesn't cause the, the uh, scales of value to be unbalanced to where the tight ends are just so much more valuable than everybody else. No, they're just as valuable. And the way that we've done it, you can, I mean, you can do great with great tight ends, but they can also bite you too because mm-hmm. sometimes they're just not in the game plan that week. Right. Which is why we have a premium. Right. I think something can be done in regards to these running backs and what we're going to do. We, because also, I mean, if we're going to look at anything, we're going to look at our league because that's what's informing us the most. That's what right. we've had the most time with and put the most time in. Right. Um, we adjusted, you know, how the, you know, the way QBs are scored in our home league in a way that made the passing QBs more appealing. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, because it was, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't fun having a quarterback throw for 350 yards and you get 14 points out of it. That's just not, that's not it's, appealing. It's not appealing at all. At all. 350 and you're giving him 14 points. <laughs> Just that's that just wasn't appealing. I think something similar can be done with the running backs, Orange. And now, of course, we're saying all all of this after after one week, right? We see a lot of junk going on, but right. I I think I think it's more than that, Owens. I I think our reaction to what we saw this past week is just a response to what we've been seeing. We've been screaming about this for years now. It seems like every year that we do an I wish, one of us is talking about coaches spreading the ball. Right. So this is something that has had has been that has been going on for a while. This is not something that just popped up on us. Right. This has been in the works for years and more and more teams, Owens. Yep. Are using more running backs. Yep. <laughs> oh, you just did it this past week. Yep. And the more success they have with it, the oh, worse it is for us. <sighs> because they, I mean, there's, I mean, listen, we're having success with this. Why would we stop? Right. We're keeping guys fresh. Like you said, we're keeping guys fresh. Nobody's getting hurt. Right. We're keeping guys fresh. So I don't, I think we got to do something, man, to, I don't, I don't know what we can do to not make running backs overly valuable mm-hmm. to where they are so much more valuable than everybody else but we've got to do something man yes because this running back by committee stuff is is, is taking over it's i know terrible. we had marcus carroll this past week with 23 carries mm-hmm. 
But where else do we see 20-something carries? I think you had a guy with 20 carries. But you're really not seeing that. Even in Wisconsin, with the production that they had, they only had like 17 carries, 16, right. 17 carries. Right. A piece. Now, yeah. if they're going to be effective, okay, wonderful. I could deal with Owens. It's crazy that, that now we're at the point to where we can deal with 15, 16, 17 carries. We're okay with that. Yeah. Ain't that something? That's that's crazy. We were on 20 plus, but now we're like 17. Oh, yeah, 17, 16, 17. Yes. Why? Because we're seeing too much seven, eight, nine. <laughs> Man, that's 10 and 12. Come on, y'all. That's not that's even not, that. You, I mean, pull up Utah. Yeah, that's that's terrible. Yeah, one, two, four, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. <laughs> that, we're seeing too many single digits. That's ridiculous, man. That's ridiculous. <sighs> Victor Rosa, we just talked about him. He had nine for 99. But just think, if he doesn't have that 71-yarder, right. you're not going to get that every game. That's right. Which means you're going to have some games where he's going to have that same nine carries. <laughs> That's like, it's unbelievable. You just don't know when it's going to show up. Right. You know what I mean? You I just can't. don't know when it's going to show up. Look at LaDamian Webb. I mean, we can go on and on and on, dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, Benson, Trey, Trey Benson, you know, four of a 12 carries. Look at Trey Benson. Come on. He didn't even produce, hardly. I mean, yeah. you used to have the Quinchon Junkins, and I think Blake Corum will be fine. I think um, – I don't know what USC is doing, man. I thought Austin, Austin Jones was a no-show this past week. E.J. Smith and Stanford, four carries for 14 yards. Right. What is that? What are you – what? <laughs> All you. right, man, let's get to some questions. Yeah. <laughs> Always blow up again. I'm ready. I'm ready to pop. I wish for Yes, you ready to pop, ready to pop. <laughs> We've got some listener questions, and, man, they hit us with some. We've got both CFF and general college football questions. Right which I love them both. I love them both, man. And we're going to get to all of them, um, several of them. Uh, my guy Micah, shout out to Micah. He says, predictions, Owens, for Colorado and Coach Prime. What you thinking? Hmm. Predictions. Okay, so um, let me pull up this schedule real quick. Colorado. There he is, right here. Let me see. I think they win this week against Nebraska, definitely. I ain't going to wear Nebraska out. <laughs> he going to light Nebraska up. Oh, man. Oh, let's see. They got Colorado State. They probably going to win that one. They probably going to lose Oregon. I don't think they – well, that USC game, that's going to be a shootout. Listen, in that USC game – Take the over. You take the over. Exactly. They're going to score 150 points. <laughs> uh, Arizona State. And I, I, I think they lose that one. They may beat Stanford. I think they probably lose to UCLA. Probably use to Oregon State. I'm not. 
I mean, what's that? That's about five losses right there. That name, though. I don't think they lose to Arizona State. You don't think they lose to Arizona State? No. I don't mean Oregon State. It's Oregon State. No, you said Arizona State before Stanford, though. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you don't think they lose that game? No, I don't. I don't think they lose Arizona State. It's at Arizona State. Okay. They'll beat Arizona. Washington that'll State. That'll be a shootout, too. Let me guess that. Yeah, that'll be a shootout, too. Arizona can score. They, they Arizona score. can score, they yeah. They can't stop a nose. They can't stop nobody, yeah. <laughs> Washington State. Um, I'm, I think, let me see, what is that? Um, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. I think they'll be about um, eight, eight and four, seven and five. That's what I think. That means bowl game. That's bowl game. They going bowling. That's what's up. I agree. I, I do. I do think they make a bowl game, man. You can you can go any which way. I do. Oh, yeah, they probably going to use the Utah lose to Utah. Right. Um, Cam Ward's looking good right now with Ben Arbuckle as the uh, as offensive coordinator uh, against Washington State. Arizona game's going to be a shootout. Oregon State's defense, I think, they kind of slow him down a little bit and kind of run the ball with Damian Martinez. UCLA. I'm not scared of UCLA at all not scared of Stanford mm. Arizona State USC that's a toss up game it's going to be a shootout we know that right. uh, Alex Fisher's defense can't stop anybody they will get beat by Oregon and they will beat Colorado State and Nebraska so yeah I'm there with you bowling we're going bowling Austin Smith he's got a CFF question he says say Bangura or Kamani Vidal what we've seen from Bangura when Rourke isn't playing has been blurry Owens, who do you want him to start? Who would you recommend he start between these two? Say Bangora or Kamani Vidal? That's a good question. Because, um, yeah, ben- Bangora's production has gone down with Rourke not being there. That, that, that's that's true. Um, you had Vidal and you dropped him. But this past weekend, 25 carries for 248 yards. That was like... I was shocked because they actually fed him. They featured him. Yeah, but he's playing K State this week. This yeah, he yes, he uh, yeah he is playing K State this week. I don't like that. Um, I don't think this is hard at all. You said what? I don't think this is hard at all. Saban <laughs> Gore is playing Florida Atlantic. Yeah, uh, that's 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 easy. Kamani Vidal is playing K State. I don't think he's going to get any. I don't either. I don't either. I think I think this game. Uh, I think Ben Gore is going to bounce back. I mean, because you look at the first two games. I mean, he had fifteen. We had 19. a good game in 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 the second week. The nineteen carries, one hundred ten yards. He did right. fumble. He's got to stop that. Yes. But this definitely. was a little, you know, a little bit, you know, little sisters of the poor type school, and he right. didn't get in the end zone. But I think he does this week. He has yet to too. get in the end zone, by the way. Right. But I but think I, he does this week. I think he outperformed uh, Vidal. I, I would definitely start Ben Gore over Vidal. Definitely this week. Yeah, definitely. Because the matchups pretty much make it easy for you. Right. The matchups dictate kind of easily which one you're going to start right. in this game. Uh, I think Rourke was, or he is a game-time decision this week. Mm. But um, I think they have the better matchup between the two. I would go with Ben Gore, no doubt. Jared, I got JP chasing the natty. Says, gentlemen, 
I have to start two quarterbacks between Austin Reed, Dylan Gabriel, and uh, Daquan Finn. Which two would you pick and why? Austin Reed, Dylan Gabriel, and your boy Daquan Finn from Toledo. Who you going with? He's got to start two of them. Who are you dropping out of the equation? I'm going with Reed and probably Finn. I think Reed is a no-brainer. Reed is a no-brainer. The reason why I say Finn, I think Finn has to do more than Dylan Gabriel. Gabriel can hand the ball off. He's got so many running backs back there that... And he's got another quarterback that's going to come in. Yes, sir. will come in. There ain't no... Yes, sir. If he he is going to play. Yes, sir. And Finn, Finn got... Uh, let's see. He's got... Click on him real quick. He's got uh, Texas Southern this week, who's 150th against the pass. So Finn is going to run some, and he's going to um, throw some. He, he did pretty good against like, Illinois. Mm-hmm. 20 for 36. Yeah, yeah 20, for, 20 for 36, 230 and two. And then he also ran 20 times, 20 carries for 75 yards and a touchdown. Bro, against Illinois, he he going he gonna to tear Texas Southern up. So. I would, I would definitely go read and fan. What'd you say? Absolutely, I, I agree with both of those. I think Dylan Gabriel has a good game, but I think the Quan Finn has the better upside this week. Yes. Uh, of course, Austin Reed is a no-brainer. They're not. I mean, they're going to throw it and do what they do, no matter who they play. Right. And they're not going to let up. Really has wonderful numbers. Austin Reed is one of those guys that just doesn't come out of the game. Right. So I think that's a no-brainer. But it is a good question between Daquan Finn and Dylan Gabriel. Now, the stat for Texas Southern's defense, that's just last year's data, I think. And at 150, if just a cutoff between teams, they could be worse than that. But that's uh, just as far as I think that's fan tracks cutoff. But um, I agree with you. I think I would put Finn in over Dylan Gabriel because, again, Gabriel can hand the ball off. He's got better running backs. Toledo really doesn't like to rely on their run game a mm-hmm. whole lot. They, are, I mean, they're another team that can kind of spread it out a little bit and not be successful doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, Daquan Finn does have the option to do more. He doesn't have anybody breathing down his neck, as does Dylan Gabriel, has Jackson on him. Now, Dylan Gabriel's going to score. Right. And they're going to let him score, and he's going to score on SMU because they're not stopping anybody again. Right, right. They're not stopping Owens and and I. And I am severely out of shape. They can't stop either one of us. But I think you go with Daquan Finn over Dylan Gabriel in this one. So there you go. Uh, The Rebel Way hit us up. Mm. And said, quarterback, Frank Harris, Taylor Green, Chevin Cordero, Chevin Cordero. And then he has running back. Well, we'll get to the running back next. Quarterback, Owens, who you got? Frank Harris, Taylor Green, Chevin Cordero. I'll say this. Frank Harris was a complete disappointment. He was terrible. He was terrible. Frank Harris was terrible. He was terrible. He was horrible last week against Houston. He was horrible. Um. I'm thinking. Yeah, Texas State. They just beat Baylor, didn't they? Yeah. Mm. 
I don't know how. I wouldn't start. I wouldn't start Harris until I would give him a game to see how he's going to bounce back. I would not start Harris. I got to watch him after what he did last week. Same thing for Green. I have to watch him for what he did last week. I got to sit back. So I'm I'm going with Shaven Cordero, uh, and and the reason is because, I mean he he runs the ball a little bit. Um, he looked good against USC. Struggled last week against Oregon State. But he has Cal Poly yeah. this week, and I think just because he struggled last week, I think they coach gonna let let him get some against Cal Poly. He's gonna build his confidence back up. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah. You, you're you're our guy. You know, you, you showed us what you could do week one against against uh USC, and and last week against Oregon State, yeah, you struggled a little bit. You know, didn't throw no picks. I mean, he didn't, I mean he lost a fumble, but one turnover ain't too bad. But it just wasn't his night. So I mean, got to get build his confidence back up. But I, I don't trust right now. I don't trust Harris. Yeah, his, his weapons. He's not. He's he's in a position he hadn't had to be in while he's had success. His weapons are not there. Mm-hmm. You know, his his number one guy is in Ole Miss now. Should have stayed where he was. Right. Right. Zakari Franklin, and he's got his other two guys are. Dealing with injuries. Right. The Corian Clark and Joshua Cephas. You know what I mean? So that right. I mean, that severely hampers him as far as his CFF production. Right. So I understand that completely. And like Taylor Green, I don't know if UCF, I think UCF bothers him a little bit. But Shevin Cordero has the lighter matchup. Yes. I think this is the game where they cut loose. You need to get his confidence back up. Before they played Toledo, a formidable opponent, because his confidence was just completely destroyed this past right. week against Oregon State. So you need to get that back up, and I think this is a good game. I don't know that Cal Poly is that much of a pushover, right. but I think they are, they are a team where he can get him some good reps in. I like Shevin Cadero also. His running backs, he says, Samson Evans, Ches Malusi, or Kamani Vidal. Talked about Vidal. And Malusi got a curveball in there with Samson Evans, who I'm not sure that he looked okay this past week. Now, given um, who they were playing this past week, they just played <clears throat> Howard. He had 16 carries for 52 yards and a touchdown. Seemed like he should have did a lot better. But nonetheless, they have Minnesota, so that is out. That is out. That's definitely out. Completely <laughs> <laughs> out of the question. Mark him off completely. Yes. Kamani Vidal, we know that Chesman Lucy, I think they're playing Washington State. They're playing Washington looking. State. Yeah, without even looking. Okay, I kind of yes. know that already. Kamani Vidal, Troy's playing K-State. I would go with Chesman Lucy. Me too. Yes. I think the matchups are kind of making this easier. Yes. It's almost never easy because it's the CFF. You just kind of. You know, but you don't know. Right. But I think the matchups make it easier. Right. Um, and Kamani Vidal's, as well as Samson Evans' matchup, says no, absolutely not. Yes. Kevin Lucy, yes. The way they're being used in this longer offense, I think you'll be fine there because I think he gets into the end zone. No doubt. I think he gets into the end zone. My, my, my guy Gino says, Bama Tech. He's got a Bama Texas question. Mm-hmm. 
Texas almost won it last year. Was it a fluke? I think so. He says mm-hmm. talent level between Texas and Bama. Talent. I mean, Texas always has top five to ten recruiting classes, which they do. Mm-hmm. Bama always right. has top one or two, which they do. Mm-hmm. Clark was at Bama recently. Does it? Does his familiarity help the Horns? Did that help last year? Does Texas hang with him again on the road? Any chance? of an upset. Owens, what say you, sir? Ooh. This is going to be an interesting game. This is a game that we picked earlier, or I picked earlier that I want, I can't wait to see um, this coming week. And I want to see how Miro uh, responds in this game. I think he's, I think he's um, more comfortable. I saw him on the sidelines laughing and joking and playing, you know, after he performed, you know, the way he did. Um, so I think he's, more comfortable and no longer just looking over his shoulder so to speak but i want to see how texas deal with his athleticism you know when you get a pressure on the guy and you think you got him sacked and he take off on you it's a big boy to bring down and he got speed athleticism you know what i mean so um if he can get a little bit more accurate with his passing mm-hmm. alabama gonna be dangerous they're gonna be real dangerous with him back there because he'll take off on you in a, in a minute and and you said he got some wheels on him so um this game here man I, uh, the, like i said earlier the way texas struggled with rice for a while mm-hmm. it is it, it's, it's basically telling me i don't know if okay let me put it like this i don't know if they weren't up for rice but you can't come in this alabama game playing like that 13 to 3 you know with halftime or whatever it was for a long time and then finally decide to wake up and, and, and score a little bit end up being what 30 what was it 37 10 37 3 something like that something like that i'm picking alabama absolutely you know um i just think they they have the superior athletes i think they're going and they have home i just don't think um the way Texas is playing, I don't. I just don't think they're gonna pull it off. I don't even think, you know what? I think Bama wins by ten. Okay. Okay. He said, "Is there any any chance for an upset?" I think there is a chance. There's always a chance, but I don't think it'll be one. I don't think it'll be one. Um, can Texas hang with them? We said, "Does Texas hang with them on the road?" I think for a while because of the intensity and the adrenaline and all that right. stuff. Right. But I think the coaching of Nick Saban and his staff and them just being in these games and them being consistent in these games, I think they, you know, Texas may hang around a bit, but I think Alabama pulls away. The thing about last year, because the recruiting classes are, you know, he's right about the recruiting classes. But Texas does the best job at doing less with the most. Yes. They do I mean they do the best job at doing less with the most. They've always been like that. They are champions of the offseason, and when it's time yep. to line them up and play, they stink most of the right. time. They right. now they will play up to competition and they will play down to competition. Yep. Also. But I don't think that factors into the result of this game. He says, does the familiarity of uh Sark help the horns? I think it may have a little bit last year, but Nick Saban is probably the best coach I've ever seen at making adjustments. Yes, he is. And mm. making adjustments, Owens. And 
if you think about Alabama last year, it wasn't just Texas that was able to hang with them. They had problems with their offense, especially in the passing game, all year. Right. Jermaine Burton was supposed to come in and just be an absolute dog, and he was nowhere to be found. Their wide <laughs> right. receivers did not look like Alabama wide receivers of the previous years. So it wasn't just the Texas game. Had right. they been playing like Alabama played the last three or four years, they would have blew Texas out. So it wasn't just the Texas game. It right. was how they operated all year long. They got beat by LSU. Right. All that kind of stuff. They didn't look like the Alabama team that we have come to see and to know in the past five, six years with all the wide receiver talent they were pulling out of Florida. Right. But were they upset? No, I don't think so. I don't either. Sean says, and this was a wonderful question by Sean. All the questions were great. Right. This is a CFF question. He says, what are some of the differences between NFL fantasy and college fantasy? He says, I've noticed that the waiver wire is used a lot more. Players I've drafted typically might take a minute to mature, but the nature of the game seems to go to the points. Of course, this is a dynasty question. He says, right. any suggestions? How long in general are you comfortable holding on to a player? Owens, he says, NFL hmm. and college fantasy, he noticed that the waiver wire is... Uh, used a lot more and uh, what are some of the differences is the first thing he asked. It's, it's, it's not even close, man. Like the NFL, you have a handful of play, handful of players that you know this is the guy. This is the starting quarterback. This quarterback going to get down. This running back going to get down. This is the number one receiving, you know, receiver on the team. He gets the most targets, whatever, whatever. So you know who to draft. You know who to look for to draft. And then once you get those main guys out of the way, after that, there's nothing left. So you know what I'm saying? Like you're 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 picking slim pickings, okay. man. It's slim, yeah. And so you're picking the guy. So say say in NFL, say the main guy gets you about 15, which is good, 15 fantasy points in the game. It's NFL scores. That's awesome. That's great. Big time. So after the main guys get uh, uh, get picked, you go get the number two guy, the backup running back, backup receiver, backup quarterback, whatever. You may they may, and I'm saying may give you five points. May that's that's tough. Five, that's hard. So in college, we used to say 113. It's, it's more than that now since we had some more come up. Um, but there's so many teams available and out of those teams you you have good quarterbacks good running backs good wide receivers and not only that it's like every week you always have somebody pop up out of nowhere it's a breakout player you look at him you say oh my gosh this dude you know whether it's because due to injury to the player that's in front of him or whatever it may be somebody's gonna always pop up that's why you always got to pay attention to the waiver wire uh to the, to the to the games to watch and see who's gonna pop up who's gonna break out and it's every week you know oh, this receiver done took over this guy i mean the quarterback started hitting him like oh this running back then oh he come out of nowhere and he's the man and you know what i mean and you've got all these teams over 130 teams that you can watch and pay attention to 
and say, hey, I need to go make this move. And so you're always looking. One of your guys may, you know, take a step back. You're always looking for, oh, this guy over here, he like he about to take over over here. He look like he about to take. And you got to make a move fast because if you're too late, somebody else over there looking, he already snatched him up. See, he, so you got to be on your toes. He also asked this question, Owens. He said, he said, typically I try to draft five-star players that are highly ranked. He said, freshman year, I can sit them on the minors. But the second year, I need to see more progression at least. He said, since they are five-stars, though, it's kind of hard to let go because he keeps thinking that, you know, very next week somebody's going to pick them up if they go off. So basically, he's looking at talent, five-star talent and stuff like that. Uh, he also asks, how long does he wait on a player? You know. See, that's 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 a good question. I, I I've been impatient. It depends. Yeah. Owners. It depends on the <laughs> yes, because if I see a guy, I mean, if like my say a running back, uh, so to speak, a running back that gets he's the man he's getting 15 care at least 15 carries a game and he's not doing nothing with those 15 carries you know two 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 three games in a row i'm looking for somebody to replace him you know i freezing up i up somewhere else you know um, like i said every every week there's somebody else stepping up somewhere else so if I'm if I got a running back over here, who's I mean he he's getting a, he's getting the touches but he's not been productive and I'm looking over here and I'm seeing this other guy step up out of nowhere, and I'm watching him and I'm like he look like he about to take over because you know his system is favorable you know they like to run the ball a lot you know and he's he's on the verge of just breaking out I have to make that move I have to like you listen I'm I'm dropping this guy he's not doing nothing with his touches I need to go pick him up because he looked like he's getting ready to you know to do something so two to three games at the most for me if you're not if you're not productive some kind of way and you're getting the touches you out of here you also got to look at out of here you also got to look at the opponents in those games too who's he playing yes because if he's a lower level school playing some of the higher level schools he may not pop Right. He may need to wait till he get in conference play and see how he handles that competition. Right. But as far as freshmen um, and, and just pretty much everybody else, we have this acronym we call SPO. Mm-hmm. Uh, systems, potential, and opportunity. In, in, mm-hmm. in college fantasy football, which is completely different than fantasy, you want to ask, you, you, you ask the question, what's the difference? In college, systems rule. Mm-hmm. System offensive offensive systems are everything. Yes, in in college, they're everything. They can make and break a player. Yes. Uh, sometimes there are exceptions to the rule. Uh, that's typically what you're looking for with a five star. Pretty much, that's why you hold on to a five star because sometimes you can have an exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're trying to hold on to him because you know his talent supersedes the system. You know, right. and, you know this is a. Uh, you know, uh, does his caliber make him system proof? You know, and that's and that's what you're looking at to kind of counter the idea 
of systems rule. Sometimes five stars have the potential to supersede a system or they are system proof where the system does not affect them and what they're going to bring to the table as far as fantasy. Right. Um, the uh, second letter would be P, potential. The potential is his skill level. Is he right. any good? Is he any good? Um, in your case, you said five stars. Five stars sometimes doesn't mean a whole lot. Right. Because there's a lot that goes into that. Mm-hmm. And so we would highly consider the, the, the third act letter in our acronym SPO, opportunity. Who's in front of him? Right. So if you're waiting on a guy, why are you waiting on him? Mm-hmm. Are you waiting on him because he's the next man up? Are you waiting on him to see if he's the next man up? Right? Because sometimes you know he's the next man up. And if you have a, what you call a taxi squad or a freshman squad or a minor uh, squad, mm-hmm. Antrax gives you that option where you can put freshmen down there. Just stash them down there. You're not expecting them to play. If he plays, wonderful. Right. If he doesn't, okay. But why are you stashing him? Is he next in line? And also, uh, what are the pieces that would accommodate his success? If you've got a quarterback whose offensive line stinks, he's probably not going to be that successful. Same as a running back. If you've got a running back whose offensive line stinks, probably not going to be successful. If you've got a wide receiver whose quarterback cannot get him the ball, probably not going to want to do anything with him. Think about this. Uh, the the uh, wide receiver, I can't think of his name. Last year he was at U, uh, USC. The whole NIL thing, he transferred in from Pitt. Jordan something. I forgot it. You know what I'm talking about. I was top pick in the NFL draft. And he, was, mm. he was good at Pitt. But when he got to USC, because he's playing with Caleb Williams, his CFF stock went through the roof. So as far as how long do you want to hold on to a player, there's several things you want to evaluate. Why am I holding on to him? Is it because he's a freshman and he's the next man up? Or is it because I think he's going to do good? Okay, why do I think he's going to do good? Is it the system that I'm after? Is this a system that feeds its running backs on a consistent basis? Or a system that uh, a system that advocates uh, supreme fantasy, fantasy success where quarterbacks are concerned? Or why? Is it air raid where they're going to be throwing it 50 times a game? Remember, systems rule in, in, in CFL. Hope that answers your question, Sean. Jim says, um, Owens, he wants to know who is our top five teams, given that you know we've only played five, well, uh, one game. Owens, you there? You froze up. I know. Okay, he's there. He said he knows we we've only played one game all season, um, and sometimes week one can be meaningless. But on who's your top five teams after week one? Oh man, uh, Georgia. Uh, let's see, I gotta say Georgia number one. Um, let's see. Uh, Michigan. I would have to put Michigan number two. I don't think Ohio's, Ohio is number three at all. 
Mm, uh, I don't like uh, USC because they they don't play defense. <laughs> they don't. They don't play defense. Alabama don't have the same offense. Ohio State don't have the same offense. Uh, I'll put Florida State probably four. I say Georgia, Michigan, or uh, uh, Florida State. I probably say three. Mm, Penn State four, maybe Washington. I don't. Uh, maybe Washington. Yeah, the other teams, man, they don't don't play no defense, man. That's good, so, man. Um, we didn't see each other's list, and mine is somewhat similar. I've got Georgia number one. I've got Alabama number two because of Nick Saban. That's all you mm. need to know. I've got Michigan number three because they look really good. I've got Florida State number four mm-hmm. dominating LSU. And I've got Washington at number five mm. where they dominated the Boise State defense like that. So there's my top five right there. Right, right. Uh, Joaquin has a general um, college football question. He says, uh, so was the Colorado game a showing of how good Colorado is or how bad TCU is? Defense was terrible on TCU. Bill shell shock from the championship game. Was it a result of Colorado being good or TCU being bad? Owens, what say you? I think Colorado's offense is legit. You know, uh, Shadur Sanders, man, like I said, the guy's a playmaker, man. He is a playmaker. He's accurate. And uh, he, he's, he's like, he knows that offense uh, really, really well. And they're going to score points on people, man, all year. You know, uh, it's just their defense. They're like USC. You know, the defense is not there. They're going to open wide, you know. So it's just basically, can we outscore you? So, but that offense is legit. So I don't think it's anything, it has anything to do with TCU's defense being terrible. It's just Colorado's offense is that good. Yes, I think so too. I think, um, I think it was a shock to them. They didn't know what to prepare for. You know, to prepare for Sean Lewis's offense, you know, to do that. But you don't know what his print is going to look like on this particular team. With you know the way you know the, the the mesh of players that they have, not having played a single game together, right? You don't know what you were going to get. I think it was a result of how good uh, Colorado's offense was. He also says I thought the defensive line and offensive line of FSU looked good. Is LSU a bad team or just not prepared? <laughs> I think I just think I think Florida State is really good. I think they're legit. Um, I do. Uh, they didn't run the ball as, as effective as I thought they would. You know, I think last week I told you with the, the combination of uh, quarterback play, running back play, wide receivers, it was more of the uh, passing game. You know, in in this one. And so um, I just think I think LSU they're a good team, um, and they they're going to win some games. They're probably going to end up in a bowl game somewhere. Uh, I don't think they're that bad. I just think Florida State is a legit football team. I concur. I don't think it was them being ill prepared. I think Florida State was just a better team overall. Period. I didn't see that at the beginning. I admit that, but doggone it, I see it now. <laughs> I see it now. He says, I thought the defense looked good for Ohio State, but, man, the offense looked rough. Is this a down year offensively? Yes. 
I, I think so. I think um, from what I saw from Kyle McCord um, and Brown, well, I didn't see much of Brown, but I think um, I, I've, I've actually been hearing that Brown is the better quarterback. Um, so, so in order for me to answer this question, I have to see Brown first. Let me put it like that. I said yes at first, but I have let me see Brown first. If if Kyle McCord is going to be our quarterback, it's going to be a down year. I just don't think he's the guy. You know, um, let me see Brown first before I could say yes or no to the office being uh, down. That's a good answer. That is a good answer. I don't think we've had an accurate showing of both quarterbacks. I think we've had an accurate showing of Kyle McCord. Right. But we haven't had an accurate showing of Devin Brown. And I think Ryan Day wants Kyle McCord to be the starting quarterback. <laughs> I think he just wants something he wants. Right. But I think Devin Brown, there's a reason why there's a quarterback battle. Right. And I think we need to see the other guy to kind of to, uh, gain a complete concept of this particular situation. Owens, last but not least, Chad says... What are the pros and cons in the fantasy running back, wide receiver, tight end position? Pros and cons of that particular position. The pros of the running back, pros wide receiver, tight end. Yeah, yeah, the RWT, we've got three of them in our home league. The pros is that you can put a running back in that, in that position and in CFF, running backs are the meat of your football team. Non-PPR league. Yes. And now, yes, non-PPR league. So, if you have uh, your roster set, you have your starting running backs there, but you also have good running backs on your bench, you could put a running back in that spot over a wide receiver or a tight end knowing that okay running backs a running back that consistently get the ball and that's consistently productive you know you're going to get some out of them wide receivers you know unless they're the man you still have a question mark over their head how many catches are they going to have how many yards are they going to have are they going to score a touchdown you know, and that's with the lack of touches because you don't have you have no idea unless they're the number one receiver. Same with tight ends. Tight ends, you know, can hit and miss. But if you got a running back in that spot that's consistently getting the ball, there go your there go your opportunity. You know, and if they're in a good system, you know, and and then how much productive are there? Are they you know week in and week out? that's the concept that we go by so if you do you just add another guy that's gonna get you more fantasy points in that spot versus a question mark over a wide receiver and a tight end so that's my opinion on that spot that's the advantage the pros is like i said you have i mean unless you have uh, a, a number one wide receiver down there on, on your bench that you want to put in that's consistent that's awesome. That could be a pro down there or, or a tight end who may be the man, like uh, your guy at Utah. He's the man out there. He's a tight end. He get the tight end premium, and he's the guy. So that's a, a, a win-win situation. You put him in that spot. 
you know um but i just think the uh, con is if you if you don't have a bench a good bench then that, that spot can hurt you as well because you have no nobody consistent to put in that spot i think man that they start seeing more wide receivers go down with this back committee stuff. Boy, you ain't lying. <laughs> what I'm gonna say about that, and we'll be done. Uh the running back wide receiver tight end flex position, they call it a super flex. Uh it's most relevant when you have a tight end premium because it levels the playing field of all three positions and makes the tight end just as appealing as a running back and a wide receiver. It gives you more flexibility with your lineup. And you don't have to say, you know, like Owens just said, Owens is just running back driven. So am I. But <laughs> for the sake of this conversation, <laughs> I'm going to give you some nuance. Um, say you just don't, you don't have the running backs. Maybe they've all been taken or your running backs are not producing. Mm-hmm. And the waiver wire is dry. Sometimes a wide receiver will work just fine in that position. Right. And so you have the rock, the roster or the lineup flexibility not to be isolated or restricted, handcuffed to one position. Mm-hmm. Let's say you say, okay, I don't want to use a, a wide receiver. Again, the tight end premium is what makes this uh, most relevant. So if you got a tight end premium, you can say, I don't have to, have to use running back or uh, wide receiver. I can use this tight end right here. And he'll be just as effective and just as valuable as a running back and a wide receiver. So right. for me, the pros is uh, you have lineup flexibility and it right. expands your options as to what you can use and put right there and you're not handcuffed to any one position having to play this position or this player here because he's this position. Right. I don't think there's any cons. If you play it right and you manage your roster right, I don't think there's any cons because it, it's to your favor. Again, option. You're not handcuffed to any particular position. That works in your favor. Because again, you may have weak wide receivers, running backs be hurt. Oh, I can put a tight end there for that tight end premium. Or I don't have any tight ends. I'm just decked out at running backs. More spots to put running backs in. Or I'm a wide receiver guy. I'm airing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I got wide receivers all over the place. Where do I put them? Put them right there. Gives you options. That's the pros of it. That's it for the show, Owens. That's all we got. We are in full stride of ankle bite of fashion. <laughs> Ten minutes of show. <laughs> That's that. We're gonna put a good big red bow on this thing and close this thing down. You ain't got nothing else to say. I know you don't. I so don't. We've talked enough for two hours plus. We are out. Deuces. Peace. College season back, so the weight is lifted. If you're looking for the stats, then you know just where to get them. Keeping you in tune with plays on the field. It's fine's worth the noise. Man, you know the drill. Ain't no way. 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 